0: This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This
1: is Discovery. Welcome to Discovery, a show that brings the best of podcasting to you each week. This week, we have two podcasts, one from New Music Podcast with Christina Lavecchia, who explores the impact TikTok has had on getting new artists exposed and how not all bands are on board with that approach. If you are a fundraiser, our second podcast is going to interest you. It is from Peace Arc Hospital in White Rock, BC, where they discuss how they almost quadrupled their return on their gala and turned a have-to-attend into a want-to-attend event. First up, new music.
2: You're listening to New Music on the Region, an interview-based podcast that showcases new music and provides industry insight. I'm your host, Christina Lavecchia, Music Director at 105.9 The Region. TikTok has become a tool for music artists. In TikTok's 2021 Music Report, it says that staggering view counts on its platform directly translate to commercial success for trending songs and artists. According to the report, over 175 songs that trended on TikTok last year charted on the Billboard Hot 100, twice as many as the previous year. Many share the sentiment that the popular social media platform opens the door to new artists and sounds. But not all artists are on board with this trend when it comes to releasing their music and reaching their fans. One is an alternative rock band from Toronto called Goodnight Sunrise. They even wrote a song about how sick they are at being told to get famous on TikTok. It's called
3: Wait For It. I'm so sick of all the games. We've been told we need to play these It's
2: hard to catch a breath. To learn more about the track is band member Vanessa Vicaria.
3: Hi, thanks for having me.
2: So before we get into the track, did you want to tell us a bit about Goodnight Sunrise and its members?
3: Sure. Yeah, we um, are a band from Toronto. We started 11 whole years ago, which is pretty crazy. Uh, me and David Kochberg are the founding members, and we've sort of been through a bunch of iterations of the band. But basically, it's the two of us that run, run the show and write the songs. And when we perform live, uh, we're a super high energy five piece.
2: Your latest track is called Wait For It. What sparked the message behind it?
3: So basically during the pandemic, every artist was kind of like, oh, my God, what do I do with my life? Mm -hmm. So all of us were writing albums and we we had finally gotten like this big grant from the Canadian government that we've been applying for for like four years. And we were stoked and we were like, "Okay, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We're going to, you know, write this whole album. But. You know, it's so funny to think about because I think TikTok feels like it's been around forever. But it really started, like, really taking off in a major way at the beginning of the pandemic. So I know everyone feels this pressure, but especially for artists, like, all anything was about over the pandemic was, are you going to go viral on TikTok? Like, you can't play live. You can't get in front of people. The only thing you can do is be on TikTok. And if you're not on TikTok, like, no one cares. So... We're writing our album and I got so in my head I was kind of like, Oh my god, we're writing all of these songs, but no one's ever gonna hear them because we're not thirteen years old and they're not gonna go viral on TikTok and <sighs> like no one's ever gonna hear this music and what's the point? And I like threw a tantrum basically and this song is just what came out. Like I just started writing the song right away and some songs take days or years to write. And the song, I wrote the whole thing from start to finish in two hours. Wow. And it was me, basically. Yeah, I had just listened to Olivia Rodrigo's new album. <laughs> and, Great inspiration. And, yeah, she's so amazing. And it just just something about that, it, it was that angsty vibe, like just feeling like I really wanted to throw a tantrum, and I channeled it into a song. So that's always the best case scenario as an artist when you can at least do that. But yeah, that's sort of the perfect storm that led to the song
2: artists like Ed Sheeran and Halsey was another um, artist that Mm -hmm. shared that their label was refusing to release their song so good unless they created a viral moment for it saying I've been in this industry for eight years and I've sold over 165 million records and my record company is saying I can't release it unless they can fake a viral moment on TikTok.
3: Okay well first of all that is so insane and makes me so mad and I remember Florence like from Florence and the Machine said the Mm -hmm. same thing a few weeks ago and It's crazy to me that we're telling these immensely talented artists that, you know, they're like kind of dumbing their music down to a viral moment is just super depressing for everyone. Um, So I just want to say that. And yeah, for sure, this is another thing over the past couple of years you know, artists really, really struggling. And and again, we've been in the industry for 11 years, so we're constantly being given, mm-hmm. and I'm using air quotes right now for your listeners, advice on how to make it. And it's been really, really frustrating to hear from music industry representatives that they're just looking for someone to go viral on TikTok. And the number way you can make it in the industry is to go viral on TikTok. And there's two things I want to point out. Like, I'm not just kind of sitting here complaining about TikTok. There's two things that are really problematic about it. The first is that musicians create art. Like, they're artists. Like, there's a craft to it. We spend days, months, sometimes years on a song and, like, on production and putting the pieces together and on lyrics. And to say that all that matters from that is whether, like, somebody creates a silly dance to it on TikTok is really demeaning, and I think it really devalues the art. But the other thing is, we cannot control that. You know, like, as an artist, you can only control what you create. You know, that Mm -hmm. is the freedom of being an artist, and that is your power as an artist. You can't control how people react. So, Saying something like, oh, you need to create something that goes viral on TikTok, which, by the way, is like about an algorithm and how many people pick up on that. Like, it's not really of my choice, whether TikTok shows my video or my music to do that really takes the power out of the artist's hands, which is just kind of depressing.
2: Your new single Wait For It is now out and you have quite the production team behind it. Did you want to tell us about that?
3: Okay, well, I'm not supposed to tell you, but I'm just going to tell you we have an album coming in October. Oh, <laughs> well, we got so exclusive. You guys, you guys heard it first. Um, <laughs> you'll hear about that in the next month, but this song is a song off the album, and for the entire album, we used the rhythm section of Our Lady P, so Duncan Koos is our bassist, and Susan Pierce was the drummer on it. They're amazing, and Brian Monkart, who produced it, he's worked with Alice Cooper and The Trues, and he's just a real... Um, rock producer, like this whole album for us is a lot heavier and a lot more down to our rock roots because another thing we had been told as a band for so long was no one wants to hear a guitar solo on the radio. No one wants to hear female voices in rock. So for so long, we actually had like denied our rock roots and kind of, I think this album and this song Is just us kind of saying, look, this is who we are. We're not going to try to be something we're not. We believe in our music and we believe in the power of music and art to change the world. And we're just going to keep doing that no matter what anyone says.
2: And I understand you have a music video for the track. Did you want to tell us about that? (laughs)
3: Yes. Okay, I'm actually really excited. The music video comes out July 5th. It's being premiered. And I honestly think it's the best thing we've ever made. We uh, Again, we had the funding from the government finally, which allowed us to make a really good quality video. And I don't know about you, but when I watch music videos, I like to hear a story. And I this is kind of like a short film, to be honest. Like, it needs to be in check. Like, it needs to be in a film festival. It's like a story, and it's kind of funny. But it's definitely about what the song's about. Like, basically, it depicts our manager, like somebody who works at a label, um, telling us all these things we need to do to get famous. And so we try to do them throughout the video, and it's pretty funny. And, yeah, I'm excited for you guys to see it. I actually, I will say, full disclosure, I normally don't really care about music videos that much. like I, But this one, I'm really proud of and super excited about. So that's how good it is. Even I like it.
2: And where can they see the video when it comes out?
3: So it'll be, it'll just be on our YouTube channel. So you can just look up Goodnight Sunrise and head to YouTube and that's where it'll be.
2: And how can they get a copy of the track?
3: Okay, we are on everywhere you stream. So if you want to find us on social media, Instagram is like our main thing. It's Goodnight Sunrise Band. I hate to say go find us on TikTok, but (laughs) but we do have a TikTok account. You can find us at Goodnight Sunrise. And like anywhere, Apple, Spotify, Tidal, wherever you stream your music, just look up Goodnight Sunrise and you will see us. Um, And the song is called Wait For It and add it to all your playlists and share it with all your friends. And open your car windows and blast it out of your car on your next summer road trip. And yeah, I hope you love it
2: you are back on the road and your most recent stop was in New Brunswick and you'll be hitting various locations throughout Ontario in the coming weeks. Did you want to tell us about that tour?
3: Yes, definitely. Come see us wherever you can. We are playing mostly in Ontario. So I'm trying to, I'm looking at our schedule to see what kind of near where you are. We have something coming up in Hamilton in Uxbridge, Sarnia, Collingwood, and then kind of at Kitchener in September so, yeah, you can also, if you go to our website, com, we have our tour schedule there. We're always adding new dates. And if you want to come see us play at a city or venue near you, send us a message and we will make it happen. We always love meeting new fans and spreading the love of music. And for that 45 minutes or an hour, we are free. We are in a bubble of... All that exists is us and our community and music and positive energy and we feeling kinder, feeling more excited, feeling hopeful, remembering that our lives are ours to make, that we can take a positive step at any time. So, okay, I'm sounding like this is going to be a motivational talk. It's not. It's a rock show. Sounds like a great show. it's a really great show it's just a vibe you know mm-hmm. we just need those vibes of that moment you know it's hard to get 45 minutes of pure positivity and just a good time and I think everyone needs that
2: thank you so much Vanessa for taking the time and we're looking forward to the upcoming tour that is happening throughout the summertime and as well as the music video that is coming out in a couple of days as well as your upcoming album
3: awesome thanks for having me
2: This is Goodnight Sunrise's latest release, Wait For It. You're listening to new music on The Region Podcast.
0: idea or a podcast to share send it to us here at Discovery the radio show for podcasters on 1059 the region
1: leaving the world of music but sticking with the theme of entertainment we connect with Wayne Cox and the fundraising team for the Peace Arch Hospital. Ladies
0: and gentlemen welcome to Peace Arch Hospital Foundation's podcast series. This, our first episode of Season 2, is a star-studded event where we'll take a gala from tired to terrific over the course of this show. And now, without further ado, here's your host, Wayne Cox. Well, thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here to support the amazing work of the Peace Arch Hospital Foundation. For years, I've been so impressed with the innovation and creativity that comes from everyone at the Foundation. In this episode we'll bring together three people who have been instrumental in developing world-class events that are now sold out well in advance and have substantial waiting lists. Peace Arch Hospital in White Rock, British Columbia is one of 139 hospitals throughout the province. Although the Ministry of Health has allocated 22.1 billion dollars to health care in BC in 2022, it still isn't enough to cover much-needed medical equipment in our hospitals. This is why hospital foundations across the province work so hard to find ways to raise funds that are used to assist in getting the equipment vital to maintaining the high standard of care that well residents have come to expect from their community hospital. One of the most well-known fundraising events is the Gala. Galas are a fundraising staple for so many industries, not just healthcare. Test, test. Okay, this next slide is quite fascinating. You're not going to believe this. Um. I'm willing to bet that you've been to a few of those events. You stood in buffet lines trying to choose between the rubbery chicken or the overcooked salmon. The speeches were dull and the entertainment, well, not much better. Just one moment. The intentions were always well meaning. The event, however, would fall a bit flat. During this podcast episode, we'll find out how Peace Arch Hospital Foundation went from the type of gala I just described to a must-attend event that not only raises hundreds of thousands of dollars annually, but showcases what is possible with imagination, ingenuity, and unwavering commitment. Let's meet the team who's responsible for bringing these ideas to life. At a coffee shop across the street from Peace Arch Hospital, I sat down with Vicki Bryden, Public Relations Director for the Peace Arch Hospital Foundation, Ashley Morris, Special Events Officer, and Joelle Pagliologo, Volunteer Co-Chair of the Gala Organizing Committee. Themes and the execution of some of the events inside the venue can be quite elaborate. An advantage Vicki and her team enjoys is the leadership style at the Peace Arch Hospital Foundation. Vicki explains.
4: You know, we're so fortunate that we have this incredible executive director, Stephanie Beck, who is very open to big ideas. So it was going to her and saying, you know, we need to we need to invest more in this event and we think it will pay off in the end and she agreed and so we were able to do that we were able to hire a new production team and sort of you know enhance our decor and have you know chair covers on the on the chairs <laughs> that no, oh was our biggest God. thing we had chair covers back. it's also quaint compared to what it is mm-hmm. now but yeah that that's kind of it was, it always starts with a little idea of a theme and it expands from there and one more thing that I don't want to forget about this amazing event is the philanthropy of it and and ultimately that is the goal so while it might be this really fun event for our community and and the creativity and innovation that goes into it is incredible. But the philanthropy that comes out of it is transformational, and the impact that 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 has on Peace Arch Hospital makes a huge difference. So you know, before we transform the event, we could raise 200,000, 250,000. And that's great. You know, that served a purpose, but with this elevated structure of creating the Peace Arch Hospital Gala, we are able to raise between 800,000 and $1 million. And the impact that that has on Peace Arch Hospital cannot be understated. But I think also,
5: Wayne, the difference this is, I think, what I would say even from a guest point of view, and maybe even you would recall this, is I think what we did, and, and I would say kudos to Vicki on this, is that we did take it from a gala fundraising dinner to an event experience. And I do think there's a definite difference in how we approach the planning and then how our guests experience the evening and five or more years into this or at least five more galas Mm -hmm. since we're somewhere in that number i don't know maybe we're on the fifth one now post vintage vegas i think we we think a lot a lot about the guest experience and and thus ties into they go in tandem the arena all the spaces that need to be used or that we've decided to use to expand the use of the arena, not just what you would imagine to be the ice part of the arena, but all the spaces. Um, And we think in terms of how the guests will experience each of these spaces and can we get good use out of them? Can we sponsor them? You know, all these kinds of things. So it's grown. It's definitely evolved. But the arena... Provides us with um, options for creativity that wouldn't be there if we were just hosting it in a regular venue. But I don't think you could, if we had to use it in a more regular, do the gal in a more regular type of venue.
0: And, and how do you how how do you generate some of these ideas? Uh, you know, do, do you just get together and start throwing things on the table, <laughs> or uh, is there an actual? process that works for the three of you
4: we kind of just throw it on the table you know i think the ideas sort of start with ashley joelle and i and then once we sort of again have that sort of that germ or a kernel of an idea we've got some you know some basics down and then we expand it out to our organizing committee which is you know 10 to 15 volunteers who all come to the table with various talents and expertise and, you know, once you have that brainstorming session, you know, other ideas that we perhaps hadn't even thought about start to germinate as well. And before you know it, we have this incredible um, sensory experience that now we have to execute.
0: The Peace Arch Hospital Foundation galas have grown substantially over the years, and with growth comes additional costs. Let's find out how the team handles the continual need for additional manpower. So now you get the idea, you execute that idea, and now all of a sudden the bills start to come in, because I'm sure everything isn't donated. How are the costs covered? Is there a sponsorship involved in that?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we, well, I try and get everything that is possibly able to be sponsored in the room. Uh, one year we had the bathroom sponsored, which was a very tough task. If you have seen the bathrooms, it, it's a, your typical locker room. So that, that was a, a, a big uh, feat for us, for sure. Uh, but if it's there, I try and get it sponsored. So the event costs are covered by sponsorship and ticket sales. And everything that the guests participate in, uh, whether it be a raffle, a wall of wine, uh, fund a need, live auction, silent auction, all of that goes strictly towards what we are trying to fund for the evening. So our guests, that is quite important to them. Uh, Many events you go to, that's not the case. So we can still stand by that and uh, every year our sponsorship is increasing again from sponsors that not are not only just in South Surrey and White Rock but in the outskirts all around the Fraser Valley and they're hearing about our gala and they want to be a part of it and, uh, and be a part of neat sponsorship fiefdoms in our event uh, to obviously... Reach our crowd, but also to be philanthropic themselves. So, and I think, and to to Ash's point, in terms
4: of you know sponsoring everything that isn't nailed down, and kind of even if it's nailed down, you know, a great example of that is during our Cirque de Soirée, which was 2017. That theme was Ashley's idea, and that was like a sexy night circus. And you know, again, started with a little germ of an idea that she had and blossomed into this incredible uh event and we hired a company out of whistler called paint entertainment and what their expertise is is body painting models in in any way shape or form so we had these sort of circus type of models and we body painted them with a sponsor's logo on their chest. So that was a sponsorship that Ash was able to sell and it, it was one of our sponsors who looks for something sort of innovative and different. You know, they're not that excited about getting their name on a billboard. They thought, okay, what could I have at the event that's different? And and that was an idea to put their their logo on these body painted, essentially naked models, although you can tell these <laughs> are completely uh, body painted in, in such a professional way that it looks like they're wearing outfits. And yet here was a sponsor logo. So there was another way that we could incorporate those sponsorship dollars. And I think the more our event becomes known and becomes attractive to people and guests and sponsors, the higher sponsorship we have, which means the more money we have to spend on it. So it's kind of this great cycle in creating these experiences, attracting more sponsors who want to be a part of it and showcase their brand, which allows us to create more experiences. And it just sort of elevates and snowballs from there until we have this truly transformational event that every single dollar raise goes exactly to the, the cause that it's intended for that year.
0: You know, the the galas are in. They've become enormous now, and uh, I think of uh, the manpower that's needed. Uh, you know, you start right from the parking lot, uh, the, the greeters, um, servers, I mean, it goes on and on and on. Uh, is it difficult to find people to, uh, to staff the events?
1: We really rely on, on volunteers. Our volunteers, we use sometimes up towards of 100 volunteers, but typically we're around 75 volunteers per gala evening. That doesn't include the volunteers on our committee, uh, the volunteers that help set up from the moment we get the arena on Wednesday and uh, start kind of setting up certain areas and have our volunteer orientation and then set up Thursday, Friday, set up Saturday morning. And then we have volunteers that don't attend the event and they come out at midnight and they come and help us tear down the event for hours. Then we have volunteers that come out the morning after on Sunday and they help us pack everything up and send it off and get it packed back in the storage. So we, we really rely on our volunteers and the event would not be possible any of our events would not be possible without the volunteer support uh so we really thrive in taking care of those volunteers and and making sure that their ideas are heard as well and they feel supported and they feel like they know everything that they need to know in their roles uh because it's a very important role in in the evening and uh so typically for our volunteers they would see Uh, upwards of four different roles through the evening. So when one role finishes, they would move on to a new role. And then they get a break and we, we provide them with a meal and everything like that. And in the volunteer room, they have a screen into the ballroom so that they can see what's happening as they're taking their break.
0: Hey, now, can you can you maybe give uh, one piece of advice to perhaps other groups who are trying to make their events uh, bigger, better and take it to the next level? Is there something is there one little germ in there that you could throw out?
1: Yeah, so I will speak specifically because uh, I'm sure the other ladies have, have their uh, ideas as well. But I think for me, uh, I have a few. Firstly, sponsorship. Really get to know your sponsors. Know really what's important to them. Take time in your day, even though event schedules, uh, from my perspective, being the event coordinator, very busy all the time. Take that time to sit down with them and get to know what is important to them. As Vicky mentioned, some sponsors enjoy having their name and their logo on the billboards. They like to see that in the community, but some sponsors don't care. And they just want to be at the event or they want their logo at the event. I was able to take the sponsorship package, the generic sponsorship package, and tailor it to having event night sponsorship solely. So it doesn't include any of that pre uh, event marketing, but it includes being at the event and having their name on some of the fiefdoms or at the bar or at the late night snack or the wine raffle or things like that. So really getting to know what's important to them and, uh, they will keep coming back and they'll keep putting the word out for others to come back as well. So I think that's my highlight. And then the other would be to not be afraid of those big ideas and those out of the box totally different sometimes totally weird ideas something will stick and uh and let your committee not be afraid to speak up and have those ideas as well because those really weird ideas often turn out to be our best features at our events that is our show for this week tune in next week to hear the best of the podcast universe